My name is Beth Loro. I'm Assistant Director of Public Relations at Messiah College, and I'm here talking with Diana Mahoney today. Uh, my name is Diana Mahoney, and I'm a student at Messiah College. First of all, Diana, I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a human development and family science major, and I'm a Spanish minor. So um, I've been taking a lot of developmental classes, and I'm very interested in um, just social issues in general. And so here at Messiah, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of just volunteer stuff, you know, since Messiah promotes service learning. And so I think that that definitely has made me more aware of social, social issues in general. And wh where are you from? Where's home from? Um, I'm from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Okay. So near Philadelphia. Yeah, pretty close. Okay. <laughs> well, what is the Freedom Ride and what yeah. did you know about it before you started? <laughs> Well, it's, um, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I actually did not know barely anything. <laughs> when I say barely anything, I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. the uh, the Freedom Ride. And I think that just talking to students, like it's funny, but a lot of people don't know about it. And it was a big part of the civil rights movement. But it came through a mass email from Messiah, actually, which I usually delete. <laughs> but I was home early. <laughs> but um, I was home early from study abroad. So I was kind of just like, you know, going through my emails. And I came upon it. And I, I looked it up online. And it was in the New York Times. And I thought, well, I mean, you can always apply and see what happens. So I applied. And then I forgot about it. And um, it was in February, actually, and I got an email from from them saying, you know, you've been selected. There has been a thousand applicants, and we picked forty, and that was really surprising. Like I thought it was just gonna not be that big. So, what? Tell me a little bit. What was the ten days like? Where did you start? Where did yeah. you finish? And who were you with? Yeah, <laughs> we started um, in Washington D.C., okay. and they actually had the kickoff event at the museum in D.C., which was awesome. They like cool. shut it down for the night and had. Um, the documentary shown. And then we retraced the freedom route that the original freedom riders had taken, which was down towards the south. They started in DC and made their way to um, New Orleans was their goal. They never made it to New Orleans. They only made it to Mississippi. And so the 10 days was actually stopping in all the places that the original freedom riders had stopped in. And it was a really interesting experience. A lot of people think, especially I think if you're from the north, that racism is kind of like a thing of the past. But the more we traveled down south, the more apparent it was that it's it's not. I remember one night in Tennessee, which was so interesting to me, but um, there were students of all different like races on the bus. But for some reason, like three or four of the African-Americans were going out to dinner and they asked me if I wanted to come. And I was like, yeah, like, sure. So we were, went out to restaurants and literally we would walk into restaurants and people would stop eating and turn around and like look at us. And I'd never, and they were joking about it because I think... For them, it was a more common experience. Like, I had never experienced anything like that. And people were would give us dirty looks. And, like, it was so strange to me because I've never mm -hmm. really experienced that. But it was just, like, really interesting to, to retrace the route and to see, like, in Anniston, we went there. Um, Anniston, Alabama, which was where one of the buses was firebombed. It almost felt like the people there were doing it more for the news crews than they were... Um, to be genuine because it was like this reconciliation journey it was supposed to be about. But, I mean, people aren't always the best at disguising their true feelings. And so it was just like a very, That's very interesting, interesting trip. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the major life lessons? I think one of the things that I was most blown away with was just the incredible capacity to forgive and to extend grace. And I think of how many times in my life you know, we get slighted and it's not even like a big 
thing. And yeah. it's just so easy to harbor grudges. And I remember one day I was talking to um, one of the original Freedom Riders and we were walking, we we're actually in Aniston. And I said, I just don't understand how you guys can have been just so violently attacked and said such terrible things to and you can still forgive and like be loving towards these people. Like a lot of the people that we met were second generations of the people that had attacked them. And he just turned to me and he said, Diana, God offered so much grace to us and so much forgiveness. How can I not extend that same grace wow. to other people? And I was just like, well, I don't. <laughs> so, you know, I think that was like really moving. And they were just, they had such a strong faith that God was good despite that. And I think that that really um, made an impact on me. The Freedom Rider experience that you had really incorporated social mm-hmm. media into your day to day. Right. Tell me what that was like. When we first met, they talked about how the the Freedom Rider movement and the civil rights movement in general was made big in part because of the media and how media just plays a significant role in social change. And I think that we oftentimes forget that because, you know, you want to start with a grassroots movement, but it's a lot of time the media that influences people's reactions to a subject. Like in every town we went to, they had reporters there before we even got there and that were like waiting when you got off the bus and they would pull a couple students. They required us all to start Twitters. Like I had never had a Twitter before. And so you had to, and they wanted us to tweet the experience. Uh Um, And they asked us to put stuff on Facebook um, so that our friends would follow. And um, they wanted the whole experience to be a living classroom. And so we all had assignments that we had to sign you know, a form saying that we would complete them, which was um, you were required every other day to either blog or to make a video for them. Okay. They gave us actually our all our own uh, flip cams. Flip cams. Yeah. yeah, we all got flip cams when we got there, which was <laughs> unexpected. That was great. <laughs> and so they asked us to to create videos and to create blogs and to tweet about it and to put it on Facebook because they wanted to create as much um, media stuff for this as mm-hmm. they could. And it was actually interesting. They um, Oprah did a special on it. Yeah, that's right. And (laughs) so I love Oprah. Were you there? I wasn't. Um, But they did have our pictures on Oprah, which was pretty exciting. It was one of my life goals to be on the show. (laughs) 25th season (laughs) was there before she went off. So that was like really awesome. It was just so interesting because... They picked specifically students that were different from each other, you know, people of different sexual orientations and different races and different religions um, and different ethnicities and put us all on a bus. And I've never experienced so much respect for other people's belief. And it was just never like um, there was never a sense that you were being like mocked or not respected. There was just like genuine interest. And I think that that's what made these individuals stand out so much. And also it was just, we were on the bus for 10 days and it was just, it was a long time, but I've never had so many deep conversations in such a like small (laughs) amount of time because everybody that they chose was just so interested in how can we make the world better and how can we make people's lives better and they were all interested in different issues and so it was so cool to just like talk about well how is what I do connected to what you do and how can we work together and um, there's still a Facebook group and literally every day someone is posting in it about what they're doing and you know, people are, I know with the Occupy Wall Street movement, a few of them met up together to do that. One of my friends who was on the Freedom Ride actually said, you know, look at all they did 
without Facebook and how can yeah. we having Facebook and Twitter and texting sure, so many more resources so many more resources yeah. not not do not try to do at least half of what they did and yeah I have to think the original freedom riders found a lot of hope and promise in seeing <laughs> these 40 college students idealistic or not just yeah. taking on reliving this experience and caring about it well, it was funny because on the last day, I'd gotten especially close to one of the Freedom Riders, Bob Singleton. And I don't know, we'd ended up sitting next to each other on the bus one day and started chatting. He's actually from Philadelphia and oh, yeah. so close by. Yeah. And so we were talking on the last morning, him and I were having breakfast together. And I said to him, I said, Bob, like, has there been anything on this trip? I said, I've learned so much. And I feel like you guys do reenactments like this all the time. So do you feel like this was unique for you in any way? And he said to me, you know, Diana, I used to be really nervous about when we were all gone, what was going to happen, because yeah. I felt like we were the last ones that really cared. And he's like, and then I met you guys. And I'm not scared anymore for the future, because I know that you guys are going to take what we did, continue that mm -hmm. legacy. And another one of them, Charles, said um, one night, he said to all of us, you know, because the Freedom Riders... Um, they're not as well known as Martin Luther King right. or, you know, um, Rosa Parks. But what they did was so important. And I think that it's so unique that they were college students. You know, mm -hmm. they were young people that kind of put their education on the line and everything to do this. And he said, we don't need a monument. He said, you guys are the monument because you guys are living and breathing examples of everything that we fought for. And seeing you all together is <laughs> monument enough for us. This has been an episode of Listen Up, a Messiah College podcast. For more information or to listen to past episodes, please visit the Listen Up website at blogs.messiah.edu backslash listen up.